Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. So we have been in Luke chapter 11, and we have been going through the uh, Lord's Prayer. Who better to teach us to pray than the Son of God? And I think one of the powerful things about this this whole thing is uh, the Lord's Prayer, which we are all very familiar with, is um, not necessarily just a prayer to pray verbatim, but this is a model of prayer where the Lord has given us a structure and a mindset so that we can now speak to God in his place and then get the results that prayer would merit. So we started, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we dealt with. Those areas that Jesus starts with are all about God. It's all about our mindset. It's all about God. Today, we want to kind of talk about the pivot that the prayer makes, right? And it makes a pivot here that causes us in our minds to have to think about not just our own needs, but the needs of others. So, so often when we pray, prayer is often looked at and appreciated from the perspective of our own needs, right? So when we say, let's pray, the first thing that comes to our mind is, well, what I need, mm -hmm. right? When the Lord's prayer models what we need, first of all, acknowledging not my father who's, our, who's in heaven, right? Mm -hmm. But it's our father. Like Jesus didn't say, my father in heaven. When you pray, say my father in heaven, because he could have said that. It's legit, right? But he's including us all in that mindset when we pray, because prayer first, before it's individual, is corporate. Prayer is prayed in its purest sense with an understanding that we are all connected in one way or another. And in that, as much as you need God for your personal situation, somebody else, the world needs God. We all need God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Yes, I'm a part of the world. That's me. But the whole point of this whole thing was redemption of the whole world. So when we think about prayer, it's important for us to, before we zoom into our situation, we have to zoom out, right? So verse three, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread, right? Not give me this day my daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. It's just thinking about the fact that once you acknowledge God for for who he is, for where he is, also appreciating God for his ability or the truth and that he is your resource. That when you come to the Lord, you believe that he is, right? And that is encapsulates everything that he is, meaning that he's not only just God who keeps you safe, but he's also God that provides. He's the one that you're relying on for protection and everything that you would need to exist and accomplish his will. So this aspect of the prayer speaks to God as the source of what we need every day. 
There's another um, translation that I've kind of leaned towards, and I think for what we're going to talk about today, leaning towards the complete Jewish Bible, I think is very important because we all know that the Bible has Jewish roots. Jesus was a Jew. So understanding the mindset of what this could mean and what this meant to them that were listening then is going to give us some revelation on what and how deep and rich this really is, right? So it reads, give us each, this is verse three, give us each day the food that we need, right? So the, the King James, New King James says, give us this day our daily bread. The Jewish Bible reads it literally like, give us each day the food that we need, right? So when we think about the context of bread and context of food, Back then, you had people with different uh, occupations, right? So the word, the word for bread is lechem, right? Lechem, L-E-C-H-E-M, right? That word in Hebrew translated differently depending on what occupation you were in, right? So when we're praying, give us this day our daily bread, that word bread means whatever bread is to you, right? So for instance, right, they, they had farmers, and farmers, when they heard the word lechem, that meant grain. So it didn't mean the finished product of bread. It was, Lord, give us every day what we need to produce what we need. You're not asking God for a handout per se. You're asking God for the resource to participate in the blessing of those around you. Because if you're a farmer, you need grain, not just to feed your family, but also to feed whoever would be benefiting from your farm, mm. right? If you're a fisherman, lahem meant fish. So that means, I'm praying for God to bless my efforts to fish so that the fish that I catch can also be a blessing to other people. Thinking about what we pray in, God, give us this day our daily bread. The mindset is, Lord, give me the resources or give me access to every day to the, to the resources that I need to be able to participate in being a blessing to this world as you use me. That's where the us comes in. It's like God wants to bless the world, but he wants to bless the world through you. Like he wants to use you to participate as an instrument of blessing to the world. So when we're saying give us this day, yes, we're asking God for the grain or the resources, but the give us part is also speaking that we might be the givers. So as God is giving us, there is a reciprocity that God is calling us to at the same time. Right. So when we are praying and when we're thinking about prayer and approaching God, it's important for us to understand that this is not just a time for us to just make making requests with personal gain in mind. Mm. Right. Like, Lord, bless my house, bless my kids, bless my this, but because everything God blessed you with has the ability to bless somebody else. See, thinking about it outside of your own selfishness and out of your own um, bubble or circle. Yeah. That is the heart of prayer. Right now we're talking about teach us to pray, right? So the, the purpose of prayer and why we're praying and what makes real prayer work. A lot of it has to do with the posture of our heart when we are coming and approaching God and even conceiving a prayer. So then the question comes out, if God knows what we need every day, then why don't we have to ask him? We ask him because we are participating in God's resourcefulness. We ask him because we are acknowledging once again who he is. And that is another way and another means of us humbling ourselves before God. Right? In order for you to pray and have an effective prayer life, it takes an immense amount of humbling yourself. 
and it's humbling your mindset, humbling your intelligence, humbling the way you think it should work. Um, like you said, using if he uses the foolish things to confound the wise mm-hmm. this morning, it was so powerful. Like a lot of times we think that things got to go a certain way, you know, like if it doesn't work out this way, then it doesn't work. When God is using those types of things, like the foolish things to, to make us understand that, you know, you, you don't have wisdom like me. You need me. Like you, 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 you have to, de- you have to depend on me. And that's just, yeah. and I was going to reference the other passage where the yeah. Lord's prayer can be found in yeah. Matthew, Matthew mm-hmm. six, later on in that chapter at the very end, Jesus basically deals with human nature's need to constantly control their life, basically yeah. what they get, how they get it, mm-hmm. their clothes, their food, mm-hmm. their shelter, all the things that we as humans worry about and worry about providing and it's human nature for us to store up what we uh, acquire and what we think we may need yeah. down the line, you know? Mm-hmm. But he, he tells us at the end of that chapter to take no thought. Yeah. Basically, don't do what our natural inclination is to do. And when, when, when it says, give us this day our daily bread... It insinuates almost like I think about like the children of Israel Mm. uh, when they receive manna every day because he was showing them I'm your source day by day. Amen. So at the end of the chapter where it says basically don't give don't take thought for your life because he clothes he he, he makes sure the the birds of the air and the lilies of the field are clothed and arrayed with such beauty. Mm -hmm. How much more will your father in heaven give to you? Yeah. Right. But then at the end, it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient (laughs) is the trouble for today. So in other words, you have enough trouble in this day. So let's just focus on this particular day and get through that day. And we'll worry about tomorrow when it comes. Now, that's not to say be irresponsible. Right. The, the, The principle in it is basically not to store up or take thought for what's down the road in the sense of worrying. Yeah. We're, we're resting in the day that he's giving us at the present moment. Mm-hmm. So give us this day our daily bread, mm-hmm. our daily sustenance, our daily pr- provision. Yeah. And you notice that, like, it's, it, it slows us down. Right. Like, it, there's a pace of walking with God, you know, like, like it's a slow walk with God, you know, like you're, you're strolling through the storm. You know, you're walking at God's pace. God doesn't have a nervous stride. Mm-hmm. He's not just walking all anxious. God is very, like he was asleep in the storm. <laughs> right? The disciples thought that they were dying. Like they, how do I die if Jesus is on a boat with me? This, 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 there must be something to this. If he's asleep, sleeping, let me just calm down. You know? And I think taking our cue from the pace of the Lord is very important. So, I mean, that, I, that's 100%. Mm-hmm. That's this daily bread. So worrying about tomorrow, and especially in this climate that we're living in right now, it's very easy to be concerned about tomorrow. It's very easy to be concerned about next year. And when is this going to be over? What, what is God's pace right now? Is God shaking in his boots because it's a pandemic? What is God calling us to? What, what, is, what is God? God is sitting with all authority on the throne, asking us to just pray. Asking us to just align ourselves and become in tune with what he is doing in the earth. That this, as tempting as it is to make this season in our lives about us and about protecting our own and about 
making sure that our future is secure, that may we become more aware of God's grace and more aware of God's timing and more sensitive to God's wisdom. Why? Because we're praying, because we're communing with God, because we are setting our minds to really um, get to know God in a deep way, which I believe we're all doing, which is, which is wonderful. So that verse is powerful. You know, chapter, chapter uh, 11, Luke 11, um, and looking at verse, looking at verse three, but what's interesting about these next two verses, we're going to jump to verse four now, okay, is I always um, wondered, right, It, it just because this is a strong pivot here, right? So first we're talking about God, then it comes down and it says, you know, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So give us this day our daily bread, you are our resource, Lord, and forgive us our debts while we are forgiving those who have offended or sinned against us. If you notice something, that there is a relationship here between giving and forgiving. Like there's a giving that we're requesting of God, and there's a forgiving that we're requesting of God while we are being called to both give and forgive as well, right? And I think that also speaks to the mindset of prayer as well, right? That it's, it's you're requesting, but you're also posturing yourself to reciprocate, right? So the whole idea of giving, when we know that God is the most gracious giver, period. There was a saying that, you know, we grew up in church and, you know, Dr. Young used to always say, you can't beat God giving mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try. There's no way that you can outgive God. No way. He gave his only begotten son with no guarantee that everybody that would ever live would receive him. He he gave Christ, died on the cross for the whole world, for every human being that has ever lived, and there are going to be many that curse him. There's many that curse him right now. So God's giving wasn't predicated on us believing. God gave out of the recesses of his infinite love. So God gives. So when we say, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, are we not asking God to give us of his infinite resources. That if God is going to give every single human being their daily bread from the beginning to the end of time, that speaks to the vast resources that God has to give and his capacity to give every day without fail, which is why God is calling us to be more grateful. Mm -hmm. Bread also indicates a spiritual bread. Yep. Um, and relying on God for our spiritual mm-hmm. needs and our spiritual sustenance and and uh, providing the words, the very words, right, that that we grab a hold to mm-hmm. to get us from one point to another to get us through life. Yeah. So, yeah. A hundred percent. So when we think about this whole idea of giving, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Got curious this week and I said, well, you know, forgive, give, forgive. So is, is give forgiveness a root word? Like does the four mean, and this is how my mind works. Does the four mean before giving or <laughs> like, what is that? So I did some research and I, I found out that the word forgive in, in the Latin basically means to uh, to give without reservation, right? To give completely without reservation. So let's think about the context of 
when you're being called upon to forgive. Forgiveness is basically someone has offended you. Someone has wronged you. You perceive that you are entitled to an apology. And that apology um, in its intent, if it's done right, should give you the uh, feeling and the grace to be able to release the hold or the burden of having that person tied to the responsibility of their offense towards you. And now you'll be able to put them back in a place as if they never offended you. <laughs> That's forgiveness, right? Now that makes you think about, well, I mean, are we really forgiven, right? Now this is what we're asking God to do in this prayer. So we're saying, Lord, not only do we want you to give us this day our daily bread, the food that we need, the spiritual food, the natural food, the seed that we need to be able to produce and be a blessing to other people. But we also want you to forgive us of our sins, even the ones that we keep on falling into and even the behaviors that we keep on doing while we are actively forgiving other people for offending us. I think you could do a whole six weeks on this part, mm -hmm. right? Because, I mean, thinking about prayer and why we need to humble ourselves when we approach God is because the same time you're asking God for something is the same time that someone needs your forgiveness. The same time you're asking God for something is the same time God is calling you to forgive somebody. And forgiving them doesn't mean, you know, hi, right, it's cool, you know, it's, it's fine. You, yes, you did hurt me. You did offend me. You did wrong me. And then still not being able to interact or release them or give unto them without reservation. So without holding back because of the harm that you had felt from them. So in a sense, when, when the Lord models his prayer for us, he's basically saying, you know, not only does your mind have to be in a certain posture, but your heart does too. That you understand that humbling your mind and humbling your heart is foundational for you to be able to approach me with any kind of request, because the truth is, this is what I'm doing to hear you. That the Lord has forgiven. I was thinking about, you know, Jesus on the cross, right? And the first thing that he says while they're driving the nails in his hands and while they are putting them on his cross is, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So while he's being crucified, he is creating an opportunity for us to always be connected to him, even while we are actively doing wrong. Mm. Father, forgive them while they're taking pleasure in driving these nails in my hands and in my feet. And they're making a mockery of me. They're making a mockery of me, Lord. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. They don't understand the gravity of what they're doing. So in thinking about prayer and in thinking about this whole dynamic with forgiveness, God giving and us expecting daily bread, which God does. There's also a calling to also posture ourselves to be forgiving while we are asking for forgiveness. So it's not like, Lord, forgive me so that I can forgive other people. It's, Lord, while I'm forgiving others, forgive me of my stuff and forgive us our debts as we forgive others or while we are forgiving others. And I love the way the Complete Jewish Bible says it. 
Forgive us our sins, for we too forgive everyone who has wronged us. So there is this active future. Yeah, I, I wasn't good in English, so yeah. I can't. What's the word? Come on, I, teacher. I don't know it. It was, it was the future tense. Come on, teachers. It's that. It's, 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 it's the when something is like perpetual. Yes, but it's being completed, but perpetually. Right. So you, if you look at the verbiage of the original, the way it reads originally is, forgive us our sins, for we too forgive everyone who has wronged us. So it's we too forgive those who've wronged us. We are working and it forgiving uh, while we forgive those who have sinned against us, or transgress against us, means it's an active future thing. That means... Right after I'm asking for daily bread on a consistent basis, I need to be having that same mindset about forgiving people in the same way. It's connected and forgive us. Give us a day our daily bread and forgive us while we're forgiving others. So it's almost like when we approach God through Christ, we have the boldness to be able to come up to the Lord and, and even come in the room to have a conversation with him, right? So we set in our minds to pray, like you said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Like there's a process of a mindset now as we're approaching God. The closer you get to the holy of holies, the closer you get to God, the parts of you that are inadequate, the parts of you that you know need to get right, sometimes come to the surface, right? So while you're talking to God, when it comes to the surface, it's not like you should run away from God. It's an alert to let you know, start to shed those things because you're praying to God, approaching him in the mindset of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Because the only reason why you're able to approach God is because you were forgiven. And you were forgiven before you even did anything wrong. God anticipates his forgiveness for us. Like we weren't there nailing it, Jesus to the cross, but he said, Father, forgive them. That them meant every single person Humanity. that would come. Mm -hmm. So that's you, forgive you. Because you don't know what you're doing. And until you come into the knowledge of Christ, until you come into a revelation of Christ, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing against God. The revelation here and the beauty here is when we start pivoting to the give part, like asking God to give, we must also have in the forefront of how much we are or have been forgiving. And forgiving and forgiven. Because when we understand how much we have been forgiven, It'll give us a revelation of how God is calling us to, in turn, forgive those who have sinned against us. And the true word forgiveness here means you're giving to those who have offended you without reservation. Praying is it's a beautiful opportunity to invite God in to not just your life and your world, but to the world and to the needs of all of us. And it, it also, and just this prayer, it basically encapsulates us as humans because mm -hmm. the beginning at the top, it starts by talking about God. Yeah. The, the focus is put on God. Then once you get through that portion, the first half, then only then it does it start to focus on us specifically mm -hmm. talking about our daily bread, what we would need, our needs and, mm -hmm. and even our issues like forgiving others as we've been forgiven. Yeah. Right. And then at the very end, it's, it goes back to the perspective of thine is the kingdom yeah, and the power. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of in the middle so it puts mm -hmm. in perspective our importance, mm. not our importance to I know God, mean, yeah. because yeah. of course God loves us and he cares about us as his children, but 
it puts in perspective our needs versus him, who he is. So when we, when we take the time to focus on him first and foremost, when we come to him, whatever we stand in the need of, some like you said, some things may get addressed, some things may not. Some things may take years to, to work, at, work out and God, God, for whatever reason, may decide that he's going to do something or he's not going to do something the way we expected it. But it pales in comparison to who he is. Yeah. And when you, when you take the time to focus on him, worship him, and, and really experience his presence, those, those minor details sort of dwindle. And they, they, they really do pale in comparison. So by the time you get to the place of God speak, let me come to you about me because I've, I've, I've gotten, I've gone through worshiping you and praising you and, Mm -hmm. and, and thanking you all the things that, you know, we address. I don't, I, I, sometimes I even forget Mm -hmm. what I need. Mm -hmm. I I don't even, that's not in my mind because my focus has been on God. Mm-hmm. And then he'll transform the things. Some things we think we need or we think we want. By the time we get to God's presence and we've, we've actually communicated with him, we realize that, that really wasn't even all that necessary. Right. And it, it works itself out, mm-hmm. like just over time mm-hmm. through life. So, yeah, you know, I, I just thought it was interesting that us dealing with ourselves is at the end yeah. of this prayer. Yeah. And and you you said you said something that kind of made me think um, that a lot of times I'm just remembering the times where I prayed and it was I was I was just praying out of pure terror and and anxiety, like my prayer was just because I needed a salve for my mm-hmm. fear, mm-hmm. like I was just struggling, I was worried, I was nervous, I was in trouble, I was stuck, whatever it was, um, and the many times that I prayed that way, um, that I, I, I you know. The, the, the times that I prayed out of worry and my main concern was my immediate problem being fixed, I got less gratification and felt like I needed to pound the heaven's door down more. And, and I didn't experience the fruit of peace from, from, from even uh, approaching God. Comparing it to the times where I started out and I'm like, Lord, you are good. Ain't, ain't nobody better than you. I mean, what is this to you? You, you, you sit high and you look low. You look low. You're the creator of the universe. You know, and and I, start, I start reminding myself of how big God is and reminding myself of the times where I got out of situations and it was nobody but God. Mm-hmm. And I think about my life story and how God worked behind the scenes and how God allowed me to meet this person and that person. And look where I am now. But I could have just been a statistic. I could have been this and that. And once I started getting in that, all of a sudden... The problem that I was worried about, it's almost like my spirit was saying, God got this. Right. Why am I even asking God? Of course God knows that I'm in trouble. Of course God knows what, what the problem is. Of course God knows. If, he had, if he's God, then let me just let him be God. Hallelujah. And I start praising God. And I start losing my mind. Mm-hmm. And I start giving God glory. And then the tears start coming. Guess what? Because now the Holy Spirit is confirming to you, is saying amen inside you. Like, yeah, that's God. Mm-hmm. That's who you're praying to. That's our Father. Yes, He's in heaven. Hallowed be His name. And that's where you stay. And sometimes passing that part and running through that part too fast causes us 
to not allow the anxiety that we're bringing to the request to dissipate when we get in God's presence. And that's why a lot of times we we don't feel the peace that just comes with being and just just knowing that God is with you. Like it's not it's, it's less about the environment. It's less about the climate that we're living in. It's less about the storm. The fact is, if God is with me, I'm fine. They used to sing a song. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go <laughs> anywhere. It doesn't matter where I'm getting sent. It doesn't matter what my situation is. It doesn't matter. As long as the Lord is with me, I'm going to be all right. Moses said it. Lord, don't take us from here if you can go with us. Mm-hmm. If you're going to lead us to the wilderness, you're going to lead us to this. As long as you're with us, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. So that's the mindset. And I want to encourage each of us that as we approach prayer, and now we're going to start to get into more of the practicality of prayer and, um, you know, effective prayer and not effective prayer. We wanted to set the precedence with the mindset of prayer first so that once we start getting into practicality, now you're going to be like, that's why that's not a right way to pray. That's why the Lord says, when you pray like this, you don't get a reward. What is my posture supposed to be when I open my mouth to pray? It's a relationship with the God of heaven. I got to approach this in a different and a more reverent way. And, and I approach. And this model is so important because this is coming straight from Jesus. Yes. He's, it's like, and, and when you were, you were talking about how he says, our father, mm-hmm. it, it made me think about the scripture uh, in Romans that basically says, uh, he is the first begotten mm-hmm. of many sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. So we're all a part of a family. Yeah. And we're taking our cue from him. And it reminds me of an older sibling. That's right. Telling you like, okay, now listen, this is if you want, this is how you get to daddy. Mm. Go like this, ask him this first, make sure you've done this. And then, you you know, and I'm not saying this. No, that's good though. Yeah. But he's setting us up for success in prayer. Mm. He's setting us up and giving us the example of how we should approach his father who has now become our father. Amen. So I'd rather hear it from him than from somebody else just guessing. That's why this model is so important, powerful. Amen. So let's look to the Lord. Lord, we we thank you and we praise you for the opportunity that you've given us to come together and share in this time. We are here because of your kindness, because of your infinite mercy. And Lord, we pray, Lord, that as we have received and heard about the power of prayer, the purpose of prayer, and even more so today, the importance of acknowledging you as our resource and you calling us to forgiveness, that we apply it to our lives, that this series would revolutionize our relationship with prayer and that it would empower us to just pray, to just connect with you. So, Lord, we pray, God, for every single person under the sound of our voice, that you would reveal yourself to them in a brand new way every day, that we might come into a more impassioned walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins 
and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.